That question is so loaded, John. I don't even know where to start well, with that. Well, question. well I, I listen, guess, I guess, I guess the problem is, is. And by the way, John, I love that question. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Interesting. This is an interesting. What's the solution here? Show up, understand your part, and just crush it. Pay-per-click, social media, we can talk about all this stuff, but what really matters is patient experience, that wow factor. Startup Uncensored, the questions you have with the truths you need to hear. Now your hosts, Michael Dincio and John Bertagni. All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We are back in action. This is Startup Uncensored. Um, we got a special guest today. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of this guy, but you know, as we're working through the startup process, John, HR is such an important piece to the whole puzzle, and we needed an HR expert. But uh, I know you, John, specifically, when you ran your practices, you had a lot of HR nightmares and issues. So I yeah. know this particular topic, it, it probably hits you right uh, right in the nose a little bit. It might even give me diarrhea. I'm not even sure. <laughs> Just trying to remember these things. Um, Mike, good to see you. Uh, this, this is a topic that is probably what dentists don't really think about when they start their practice. And it's probably what keeps them up at night. It's not getting nitro gloves. It's not that crown that it's seat correctly. It's actually staffing and uh, making certain that they are protected. And um, the the coolest thing about Ali is as I reflect on who this guy actually is, and you know, Mike brought up a point of all these letters behind his name, uh, very impressive, but but more importantly, you know, he brings a legal mind to the fact of a company that's going to help people understand how to protect themselves, how to protect their employees, patients. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't be uh, more humble to have Ali from HR for Health on board. Ali, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, John, thanks for, a lot for inviting me. Mike, thanks for inviting me. It's uh, fun, to, fun to be here with you guys. And so you're right, HR is it's, it's not one of those sexy topics. It's not like marketing, right? <laughs> but, yeah. but it's such an important part of what you know, every dental practice needs to do. So. It, it really is. It really is. Well, let's get into it. We try to get right into it because listeners don't like to hear John and I just ramble on about nonsense. So, um, you know, l- let's get right into it. Ali, like what, in your opinion, I mean, you set up HR for Health for a reason, a purpose, um, why did you feel like there was a need to fill this gap in, in the in the world of in dentistry? Because you know yeah. it's an extra expense uh, in a startup. It's very expensive, and you're trying to earmark all of these categories that you're trying to put all this money in. Startups don't have a ton of cash flow, as we all know, right out of the gate. And so, just big picture, this is a very important service. So, you know, why why is it that important? I guess. Yeah, no, it's a good question. And it goes back to sort of why we even went down this road of creating the the the, the software. As you know, as you guys both know, I'm a dental attorney. And, and so we do hundreds and hundreds of transactions every year. And what I saw was whether it was an acquisition or a startup, what was happening was that these young dentists were getting into practice 
and doing everything they need to do, everything that you guys teach them to do, you know, from A to Z. And then as they were getting into practice ownership, they were starting to deal with their employees and the things that they never, ever teach you anywhere, right? I mean, forget not teaching you in dental school. They don't teach it to you anywhere. They have to suddenly deal with. It's like, oh, right. I have to deal with overtime. I have to deal with, you know, uh, breaks and lunches and I have to do this and I have to do that. And where do you learn that? Mm-hmm. It's impossible, right, to get that information. And so what happened in my law practice was that I saw a huge number of our clients coming to us, you know, because they were getting sued or they were getting in trouble for these tic-tac violations, right? Like, if you're going to commit sexual harassment, you should get sued, okay? <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to do child labor, okay, you're going to get sued, right? You can't, you can't cover yourself in a manual for that? I, yeah, no, no, maybe you can, but the rest of us can't. <laughs> but, but no, it's, 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 it was crazy. It was these tic-tac violations that just broke my heart because they know, I know that they were working so hard on getting their practices off the ground. And you're right, Mike. Look, whether it was my own wife who opened her pedo practice in the middle of the recession or any one of your clients or any one of our clients, they're putting their heart and soul into this thing, right? They're trying to build this so that they get to financial independence for their families, for themselves, paying off their student debts. You know, they want to live the life that they were uh, promised well, and they were hopeful for. And well, so, Ali, uh, yeah, g- finish that point. And by the way, we, we interrupt people on this show. Just Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just I get so excited about this stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but Ali, I, I guess what it comes down to is this, right? I, I, there's a lot of things that this comes down to. It's, you know, people don't think about the systems that they have to have in place. They don't think about the manuals. They don't think about the hiring process, the firing process, even the warning process and the documentation and how you have to take that file and put it in a locked drawer so no one else can see it. Right. Tell tell me about how you could help people understand some of the, you know, five, six things that they need to definitely do. And I think that's what you guys do at HR for health. Yeah. Just, just give them a roadmap. And that's, you know, that's what we are doing at Startup Uncensored, giving roadmaps. Same thing. We want people to have a roadmap of, of, of predictability of, hey, I'm covered, you know, or at least have an semblance of, hey, I'm covered. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, and it does break down into a couple of things. And that's why we set up the system the way we did. It comes down to really a couple of really core items to stay compliant. And that's the whole gist of why we created it. Yeah, yeah, because you, you know, we talk about risk profile, right? When if you have a high risk profile, that means you're not doing any of the things we're going to talk about in a second. But if you have a risk low risk profile, then you're less likely to get in trouble. So what do you need to do? Right? Well, right off the bat, you need to have all of the new hire documents in your state. So those average anywhere from 12 to 17 different documents that you need to have for every single employee, right? For every single employee. And so, and you're right, there needs to be in a locked you know, cabinet or, you know, I mean, that's the old fashioned way, right? That's like the rotary phone of HR. You know, these days, right, what you do is you put it on HR for help, you have it on a system that, you know, electronic, that's secure, that people only can access you know, with their own usernames and passwords. 
But the first thing is those new hire documents, right? Then the second thing is the employment manual. Now, you could go to a dental attorney or an HR attorney and spend thousands and thousands of dollars putting one together. And guess what, John? Next year, right, it's out of date. Guess what? Are you going to go get another one and spend another three, four grand? Of course not. So then these, these, these employment manuals get stale and that's a problem. So what we did at HR for Health, you know, to my own detriment, because we were doing those manuals for, for doctors at the law firm, we're, we customize a manual for each person and then we, we update it for them every year if things change. And so, so they well, always have like, a new one. For, instance Ali, for so. instance, Ali, I just got one today from my, you know, from Belmont Equipment. This year's with COVID guidelines, different. So you're right. Every year, a new one comes out. Every, yeah. And, and Belmont is a multi-million dollar company. Yeah. But what is the- Hundreds of millions. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does the, you know, what does the, you know, the dental practice do? Can they spend four or five grand doing it every year? No, man. I would rather they spend that five grand on a chair, right? I'd rather right. them put it on a marketing budget with, you know, with, with Michael. I'd rather them do a thousand different things with that, but that's one of the reasons we give it to them. So there's yeah. really no excuse not to have that. So, I, so that's, that's the second piece that's really, really vital. And then the third piece, which, you know, it's kind of a combination of a lot of things, but it's really about documentation, right? Documentation, documentation. Now, people, you know, when they hear documentation, they go, oh, my gosh, I don't have time to document. Well, yeah, of course you don't. That's why HR for Health does it for you, right? Mm -hmm. So, So whether it's performance reviews, violations, you know, vacations, any of that stuff, you know, the system helps them do it so that it's automated and easy, right? It's automated and easy. And and tied to that is a second piece of the automation, uh, the, the documentation that because of COVID is hugely important, you guys. And this goes, nobody talks about this in the HR world because their, their systems can't do it, right? Our system can't, but nobody else talks about it because they know it's a big, big, you know, uh, uh, weak spot for them, which is uh, combining their time clock system with benefits, right? And everything else tied to that. And so our time clock, right? Where people clock in and clock out is tied directly into their benefits. Mm -hmm. So they accrue vacation and sick leave and all those things. It's tied into their PPP loans because they need all that documentation. Mm -hmm. It's tied into all the COVID regulations with FFCRA. So now they've got one system that keeps them totally safe. And so, so it, those three buckets are yeah. really the three buckets that, you know, need to be kind of filled, you know, as, as they kind of think about HR. Well, so, I, I, let me ask you one quick question on that. Just sorry, Mike, um, because it's, does that mean they have to time clock themselves in their, you know, their software, whether it's an EagleSoft, you know, Dentrix, whatever it might be, um, and this, or do those, is there an yeah. API to that? No, no. So, so we know, so most of those uh, systems are closed systems, uh, you know, as you know, and so, so they they don't give access. And so we, we kind of, you know, we created our own and so they don't do it in those systems anymore. I mean, they do it in our system and only our system because it's tied into their payroll to benefit or whatnot. The reality is, I mean, you guys know this, you know, none of those softwares, right? Whether it's Dentrix, EagleSoft, OpenDental, they're not made as a clock in clock out tool, right? No. They're a practice management software for patient records. They just kind of throw it that in because in the history of dentistry, there hasn't been an HR platform like ours. Now that we've got this, 
people are moving away from those systems because quite honestly, they're, they don't do the job the way it needs to be done. They're, they move Mars. They, they are. They're a little antiquated. And, and, and there's so many third-party softwares like HR for Health that plug into those practice management softwares, uh, software uh, that, that um, there's some awesome tools out there. But um, r- real quick, p- pivoting, um, pivoting on this topic. So since we're talking about startups, we're talking about um, HR and concerns and keeping in compliance, um, what are... John and I were talking about this before before this episode. Like, the, on a daily basis as a dental consultant, I get HR questions like nonstop, and I and I I want to just say here talk to the attorney, but I've been getting so many of them. It's like I field them now instead of sending them because otherwise all the attorneys would hate me because I'm sending them uh, HR questions all day long, and you guys aren't able to bill for it. So, um, <laughs> but as a as a startup though. Um, what are some of the biggest pitfalls someone can do when hiring their team right out of the gate? Because, you know, as a start, like as an acquisition, there's some systems already in place. There's employees there. Sometimes there's an old manual. Of course, we would want all that to be cleaned up before they transition. But I, that's kind of the benefit of an acquisition is you just kind of plug and play. Might not be perfect, but at, at least everybody's hired already, Right. Startup, you're hiring the whole entire team. So, like on these startups, Ali, what are what are some some of the biggest pitfalls that you can think of when you're onboarding a brand new team? I mean, you mentioned onboarding documents yeah. and whatnot, but well, maybe a performance reviews or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's funny you say that because the acquisition side is actually more risky than the startup <laughs> side. Because here's the thing: a lot of people go into acquisitions thinking. Right, that they can just do whatever the seller was doing, but nine out of ten times the seller is doing things wrong, right? Or they're using the old manual. And you're right, there those employees have been hired by the seller, but they need to be fired by the seller and rehired by by the by the buyer. And so when you talk about biggest pitfalls, what I would say is the biggest pitfall of the three are, you know, letting go of someone who's pregnant. Right. Letting go of someone who's older, which happens a lot in acquisitions, right, happens a lot in acquisitions. And then and then third is letting go of someone who, you know, is has been injured or, you know, complains about something, you know, having to do with their rights, you know, whether it's FFCRA or, you know, anything else, really. Um, You know, those things or they're injured at all. You know, those things are the things that I see most commonly. Right. Most commonly. And, and, you know, the thing, Mike, is you're right. you, You get a lot of questions. We all get a lot of questions. These the reason people are getting questions is because they're not guided through HR for health, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, if they're going through the system and they're, they're, they've gotten set up properly, they've got an employment manual and they've got their HR representative that they're working with, you know, they wouldn't have these questions. And if they do have questions, they're getting it answered quickly through our reps um, because it's all part of the service. So, so the, the, the issue is, is, you know, we talked about, you know, the documentation and those things, but in practice early on, Right. It's those three things. Right. I can't tell you how many young dentists fire, you know, an older employee that they've taken on in an acquisition and almost immediately get sued. And and it sucks right? because they've spent so much buying something and now suddenly, um, you know, they have to deal with a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So so here's here's a a question that I have, you know, um, 
when I would hire, at, at one point in time, there was 48 employees that were part of the practices that we had. Okay. So we hired and fired not only doctors, but staff members, hygienists. I mean, and th- that hiring process, everyone comes across pretty much as a rock star, right? Yeah. Like they can, I mean, it's, it's absolute bullshit. Hey, I just moved here from Tuscaloosa. Strangely enough, like everyone's moving from Tuscaloosa to come and work at my dental practices, you know, with my business partners. So, so here's my question. What is the best way to vet these people out? Is it through background checks? Is it through disc profiling? You know, and is it legal potentially to go through those, those steps and does that weed people out or are you still going to have people that slime their way through and you need yeah. to fire them in three weeks? Yeah, John, this is, this is a great question and a million dollar question because, you know, pe- people know. Again, I'm sorry. Yeah. Again. Yeah. You always get the million dollar question. And I get two. <laughs> you, you get like the penny stocks. Uh, the $2 questions. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's, I mean, here's the reality, right? In dentistry, we have 100% employment uh, almost everywhere right. in the country, right? And what I mean by that is is if someone's in dentistry, they can get a job. There's no hygienist looking for a job. There's no RDA, like, who can't find a job, a DA. Like, it's just there. I mean, at any point in time, if there's 4% unemployment, it's zero. I always say this. It's 0% in dental. Zero. It, it is. It is. It's probably, yeah, exactly. And so, so, you know, finding the right person is tough enough, but finding a person, (laughs) you know, is is its own problem, right? Right. Just finding a person, let alone like the right person. What I think is, you know, a lot of states are, are, are kind of really hunkering down on background checks and, you know, questions you can ask in interviews. But, but here's what I would say, right, um, from a legal perspective, and then I'm going to give you sort of one of my secrets uh, on the show. So, oh. so, so yeah, so listen, listen up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so from a legal perspective, if you're going to do a background check, you want to do it after you've given an offer to someone. But you make it contingent on the background check. So you say, hey, I'm going to hire Michael. I'm going to give him, you know, $16 an hour. But it's contingent on, you know, a background check. And then you do the most basic background check, right? Like you don't start asking, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't, you know, look into the, who their third grade teacher was, right? Like you just want to know, is there a felony, right? You know, is there, have they been arrested? And like, you know, what's, what was the reason if they have? And, and that's basically it, right? So, but, but here's the secret, right? The thing that we really only tell our clients um, to do. And, and it's one of my most favorite questions to ask because I think it gets to the, the result that everybody wants, which is wanting a hardworking team member, right? Who is going to um, give it their all. Okay. And the question that I like to ask is how old were you when you got your first job? <laughs> That's such a not, not how old are you now? That will get you food. <laughs> so let's make sure about that. It's how old were you when you got your first job? Because 
you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, I w was probably 11 when I was throwing newspapers and, do and walking around the neighborhood. And then, you know, I was selling gumballs at school, you know, for a quarter. And, you know, and, you know, I was always like hustling and doing stuff because that's just how I was. Right. And and and, and I think other people who I think we enjoy working with sometimes have that same background. Now, does that mean that asking that question will is the end all be all? Of course not, right? Like you got to make sure they're intelligent. You got to make sure they're a team player. You know, you got to make sure all these other things. But I love that question, and and, and it, it has always sort of served us really, really well. So that that actually makes me think of something that we always do it on the on the next level side, and that's um, give people a ninety day kind of test tryout. Um, how do you suggest doing that? Because like kind of John said, everybody's a rock star in the beginning, everybody. Right. But then they start missing work and they, right. they're they horrible and they're doing ri ridiculous things. And so how quickly can you get rid of the bad employee and how do you structure that in the front end? So, so what you're describing is like a 90-day trial or probationary period. That um, is really was created by HR people to um, help evaluate employees, Michael, not to necessarily let them go any easier because as soon as they become an employee, they're an employee, right? Whether it's like a day or a week or nine months or three months, it doesn't matter. So, so I think what you got to do is if you've got your HR house in order, right? You've got the new hire documents, you've got the employment manual, you've got all the things we were just talking about. Then if this person doesn't turn out to be a rock star, they turn out to be sort of a dud, then you can still let them go because you've done everything right up front. But if you don't do stuff correctly up front, then yeah, it's going to be trouble. I, I just had a situation just on uh, on uh, Friday where a doctor called me and she had hired an employee, given her the documents we recommended, the employee refused to give it back, right? So she goes three weeks without giving back the documents that the doctor was asking for. And the doctor kept letting her come to work. Well, guess what? Payroll wow. happened and she didn't get paid because she didn't have the documents in, right? And then she quits, the employee quits and sues the doctor or files a claim against the doctor, right? And so so, so, was the doctor at fault? Yes. Uh, was the employee at fault? Yes. But, you know, it doesn't matter in the United States, in most states, right? You know, at the end of the day, the onus falls on the employer to get stuff done, right? Yeah. And so these documents are the employer's responsibility. So, so you know, um, so there are strategies for the this sort of trial period, you know, uh, that we were just talking about that you can do to minimize your chance of getting in trouble. But, um, but yeah, I, I think a trial period is, is great. So did, did you say that you could... Did you say that you could fire them or not, as long as as long as yeah, you sure. set them up correctly? Is that what you ultimately yeah, said? Yeah, as long as you yeah, as long as you set them up correctly and you've got all the right documentation and then you're reviewing them at the 30, 60, 90 day mark, if something goes, you know, wrong and they're not a rock star anymore, yeah, you can let them go. That's not a problem. So, so but but as I say to everyone and I'll make sure everyone who's listening to, hears this too, you know, please, when you're looking to fire someone, pick up the phone and call me, right? Or call one of our HR people. We don't charge for it. We're happy to do it as a service to our community. Um, like, 
talk to us before you let somebody go, right? And if you're if you're a next level client or you're a client of John's, you know, just let us know and pick up the phone and let's talk. And because I'd rather you do it right than to get sued, right? So, so, so you're telling me um, having a police officer in a Seven Eleven parking lot alongside myself with the final check and paperwork is maybe the right thing to do or not the right thing? To do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need more story. I, I need more of that story. I think. <laughs> it, by the way, it was it, the the police officer was for my safety, actually. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> and, and her name was Yolanda. <laughs> but I, I, you know that that paperwork, I think, is you know covering your tracks because what people don't understand also is you know work comp. I mean, you start things start adding up as you start having, um, you know, rollover of employees and you start paying yeah. for this stuff on, on a, uh, on an ongoing basis. And it's hard to get that off of that payment schedule. Correct. Well, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, and the, and the, what, what I'm trying to say is don't go on a firing spree and a hiring spree just to find the right one. These things start adding up and start, you know, ticking against you. And now there's websites that say this guy's a jerk or this guy has a work oh, yeah. environment. So tell me about that, Ali. Yeah, yeah, 100%. There are law firms that we see, you know, you know, every other, you know, week, you know, uh, who who are attracting employees to contact them if anything goes wrong. And you're right. It's kind of like driving on the freeway, John. You know, you could get away with not wearing your seatbelt once and and probably be okay. You don't wear it every single time you get on the freeway. It increases your likelihood of something really bad happening. And the same thing is true in a dental practice, right? You, you could fire one person and get away with it and feel like, hey, I'm good. But you keep hiring and firing the wrong people at some point you know, it'll come catch up to you. And, and, you know, honestly, the, the, the cost of getting HR for health is so low, you know, at $200 and change a month that it's, it's, it's a no brainer, right? I mean, we, we don't have anybody who talks to us about pricing as a problem because we've priced it so low. We wanted the burden to be so low that it, you know, the value is just like astronomical because at the end of the day, like you said, you just don't want to go through this sort of rat race and, and turnstile of employees because at some point it's going to come and catch up with you. Well, well hang on one second, Mike. Oh. I, I want to say something to this because I would suspect most most staff members for you know a lot of general dentists that are out there or oral surgeons, there might be three or four staff members there and they might have been there for a long time and it's just show up for work and you leave work. And there's not a system necessarily in place. There's not a portal. There's not a place to go and look and see where your PTO falls in and to see your documents or, hey, go on here, change this for your payroll or whatever it, it might be. This, this ideology or this mindset potentially could also change the persona of staff members because there is a responsible you know, party. There's responsibility yeah. in their systems. They're not used to that. Um, and it might actually vet people out because they're afraid of this kind of stuff, which is great in some instances. But I've got to believe it might actually escalate some employees to say, hey, this, these guys have their act together because oh, yeah. they have systems. John, you, you, you hit it on the head. Like we have so many office managers and, and team members who say, look, I'm so glad my doctor's finally doing this because I've always wondered what my 
you know, what my um, vacation was, what my, you know, benefits were. And now it's all in front of me. Like, like with our system, the doctor doesn't ever have to answer about how many time, days off somebody has, right? Because the employee logs in and says, oh, oh, I see. Okay, I have three days off. Great. Uh, I'm going to put a request in right now. And then the doctor either approves or denies it. And I mean, just those things make everyone's life easier because it just takes this burden off of their shoulder, right? You know, they don't need to ask about bereavement leave. They don't have to ask about vacation or sick leave. It's all documented for them. Well, I, this we talked about last question, and, and uh, I think it's a good one because we talked about there's no unemployment percentage in dental, right? Um, in fact, Next Level is going to open up a front office school soon this year um this hey this could be the rollout because we're finding that there's so many front office people that have no idea what they're doing and it's such an underserved part of the dental office just like hygienists and dental assistants but the front office has their own roles but the the point that i'm getting at is there's such a lack of professionals in the clinic um it, it what it's creating is it's creating a fear factor from our clients that they don't want to fire, they don't know how to hold people accountable because the dental assistant, the front office, whoever can say, hey, I'm not showing up today, and what are you going to do about it? And if you fire me, I'll go get a job right down the street. Like, And so maybe this is just a conversation between the three of us, but I'm wondering, like, these HR systems, like, it all helps probably – to mitigate some of that fear factor against, not against, but kind of to manage the craziness of H, uh, of the HR. If well, that. well, but see, Michael, you, you're, yeah, you're right. It, it, I mean, it's a peace of mind tool, right? It's an insurance. It's a peace of mind of knowing you're doing things right. But at the end of the day, it's a human relationship, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what it's all about, right? It's about you know, respect. It's about love. It's about, um, you know, uh, listening. It, it's about, you know, working with your team to make sure they understand what, you know, your needs are and, and you understanding what their needs are and then making it all happen, right? You know, those things are really what allow uh, human interactions to be really strong in, in a dental practice, right? That respect, you know, that people have for one another. Yeah, HR for Health is not going to, you know, uh, by itself create, you know, a great team for you, right? I mean, that's not what it is. If you're going to throw a handpiece at someone, like, you're going to lose your team, regardless of the, the HR for, you know, the HR system you have. But it's going to be that peace of mind. It's going to be that safety net. It's going to make sure you're okay if, God forbid, something really bad happens or you get a bad apple in terms of a team member. But, yeah, the human side, that's on you, right? That's on it does force more community, maybe not more communication, but it Better forces more interaction, more expectations. Better. And I find that I find that dentists in general, and, and I'll pick on them just a little bit, they'll be texting their employees because they don't want to have a conversation or they're, you know, nobody loves confrontation. And so it just big sure. picture managing people is difficult because you have to have that interaction. And by maybe having better, tighter sisters, uh, systems, that's going to reduce the stress and the fear factor of managing people on this other. 100%. Just 100%. Confidence. It's confidence. It's going to be confidence. Confidence. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, we could probably talk for hours. Uh, I love these shows because we just really get into it and, and I have a lot of fun, but 
final final thoughts, John, before we leave Ollie with his his. Yeah, no, I mean this is this was an important key uh, because people don't like you know taking this head on, and it's they 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 shelter themselves from conflict. And um, so this is uh, having a, having a system, um, whether it's you know homemade, home baked, great. Whether it's Ollie, you know, the the biggest and best. It's uh, you know I, I look at this as you need to have it and you need a a, a structure and you need to you know follow it to a T. Um, and unfortunately, doing it on your own sometimes does not allow you to follow things to a T. You need that personal trainer, if you will, to show up to the gym. And yep. that's what maybe Ali and his team can do for you guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ali, la- thank you, man, for for giving yeah, us your knowledge as always, dude. You you always bring it. We always get something from you. I, I, uh, final words on. We're gonna have descriptions of uh, HR for Health below um, for the podcasters. It'll be all in the in uh, quick links. But um, Ali, thanks so much, man, for being on. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Oh, this has been a lot of fun. You guys are awesome, and thanks for letting me kind of, uh, you know, preach, you know, what, what I really feel strongly about uh, because it's, uh, you know, every one of us, and, and John, you know, because you've owned practices, Michael, you, you know it because you see so many practices and it's, it, everyone works just too hard to let HR kind of problems derail your goals and, and, and your aspirations. And so, you know, whatever we can do to fix that, we do. So I appreciate you guys and, and, and hope to talk uh, to, you know, to anybody who has questions. Beautiful. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Be well. Thanks. Bye-bye, guys. All right. Sweet. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another truth-filled episode of Startup Uncensored. Check out Startup Uncensored on Facebook and YouTube. Click like, subscribe, and interact with Michael and John.